WTEL podcasts are powered by Stanley Steamer Air Duct Cleaning, Delaware's clean air experts. Call 1-800-STEAMER. Well, for the first time, President Trump openly mocks Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. It happened during a rally in South Haven, Mississippi, drew condemnation from Senators Flake and Collins. But any other repercussions? Let's bring in Peter Baker, Chief White House Correspondent, the New York Times, NYTimes.com. And Peter, uh, seemed like the president couldn't uh, help himself any longer. And when he was before that rally, couldn't result, resist the impulse? Or do you think it was an orchestrated attack? Well, that's a great question. We're looking at that today. I, it does look to me like he just finally got tired of holding back. You know, they've told him again and again that uh, it would make things worse, not better, if he went after Judge Kavanaugh's main accuser, Christine Blasey Ford, that he can, def- it's better to defend Judge Kavanaugh. This is not the person I, I know. I, I, this is a person who would never do that kind of thing. And it's okay to, you know, even suggest that uh, uh, the Democrats have been uh, ginning something up and were using Dr. Uh, Blasey Ford, but not to attack her directly. That's, that's now changed. As of last night at that rally, the Senate Judiciary Republicans today uh, have also been on uh, to, to challenging her credibility by using a letter from a former boyfriend of hers, and we seem to have a more gloves-off kind of approach right now. Well, we seem to be, uh, I, I, you always wonder uh, who instigated whom on on each side, uh, those uh, coming out to uh, talk about the drunken days of, of a young Brett Kavanaugh versus now this former boyfriend of Dr. Ford's who said, no, she was never afraid of flying, for example. Exactly, and, she, and he said that he witnessed her uh, coaching a friend of hers, or a roommate, in fact, in the 1990s, uh, on how to take a polygraph exam. Remember, of course, Dr. Blasey Ford is a psychology professor. Uh, but she told the committee, the committee asked her, they must have known about this because they asked her during the hearing last week, uh, you know, have you ever given advice to anybody on taking a polygraph? And she said, never. Well, now they're saying that that was inconsistent with what this former boyfriend says he witnessed. But the former roommate she supposedly gave this advice to has come out with her own statement today saying that's not true, that she never, in fact, did that. The former roommate is a, uh, herself a one-time FBI agent. Well, you do almost sense here there is a, a consistent attack. Both sides try to bring down the credibility of the other, uh, try to show that they've uh, uh, spoken falsehoods before the Judiciary Committee and all the rest. And in the end, everybody looks pretty tarnished. Well, nobody comes out of this kind of a process looking good, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, anybody's life, uh, you know, when you get to age 51, 53, anybody's life obviously has uh, things in it where you could uh, uh, question or call, you know, person's credibility to, to account. The question is whether it really adds up to the larger point, question, which is did Judge Kavanaugh do this to her as she alleges? There's not a lot of, uh, you know, direct evidence beyond the word of these two people. But, uh, you know, what you see is both sides trying to attack the other person on credibility on things that are related to it that might tell you about their larger credibility on the big question. And getting back to President Trump taking off the gloves relative to Dr. Ford was interesting. Kellyanne Conway today essentially doubled down, saying that everyone at the White House, including the president, have been treating Dr. Ford like a Fabergé egg. I mean, what a metaphor that is. Well, it is a metaphor, that's right. And then the question becomes, does that mean that it's okay now to, to bash the egg? We don't know whether that's going to go on. Kellyanne Conway, of course, told uh, Jake Tapper over the weekend that she had herself been a sexual assault victim, and therefore she would not uh, be the kind of person to tear down somebody who had undergone something like that. She's tried very hard to, to tell the president not to... Uh, uh, you know, to make it personal against Dr. Blasey Ford, and she's now sent out as Sarah Huckabee Sanders today to make the case that he wasn't actually doing that. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders' briefing today said that he wasn't mocking 
uh, Christine Blasey Ford. He was simply stating facts, but it's yeah. just not like mocking to everybody else. Well, in a, in a broader context, just looking at our politics and really America as a society, I can't help but think uh, that this is a uh, definitive turn in, for the Me Too movement, whether it gets identified primarily with progressives and you've got conservative women who are going to tear at uh, Dr. Ford and the other accusers, uh, whether we're now at a, a position where a so-called men's rights movement is launching on the right. Well, you heard the president talk a little bit about that yesterday, too. He uh, uh, he said that boys and young men uh, have, have every reason to be scared these days, that, in fact, uh, uh, this is a moment when they are at great danger because the presumption of innocence is gone. Uh, and he spoke at some length about uh, in sympathetic terms for men and young uh, young men who, who who are facing this environment said nothing about what he might think about women who have uh, faced sexual assault. So he, he, no question in this culture war, uh, he's taking uh, he's taking one side in the battle. Well, you might cynically ask in the end, has any vote changed as a result of any of this this week? Well, we don't know for sure, but uh, your, you, your intro is correct. The three senators, Republican senators, he's trying hard to, to win over for this confirmation who are necessary, at least a couple of them for this confirmation. Jeff Flake, uh, Susan Collins, Lisa McCann, all came out today condemning uh, the president's rally last night. They, they used phrases like wholly inappropriate, kind of appalling, and just plain wrong. So that's not the kind of messages you want to hear from your key swing votes just yeah. a couple days before. Well, even Lindsey Graham, big uh, defender of the president and of uh, the nominee, uh, didn't like it. And uh, Fox and Friends appeared to uh, suggest that it was uh, unwise for the president. Let me ask you one more thing. Of course, the uh, massive New York Times reportage on uh, President Trump and uh, as a young man uh, taking advantage of his father's wealth and uh, creating tax dodges and all the rest. Has the White House reaction been along the lines you expected, Peter? Pretty much, yeah. They didn't like the story. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's be honest about that. They said it was uh, it was wholly inaccurate and, and, and made false and defamatory uh, charges with regards to the issue of tax dodging. Uh, but they didn't take issue with any specific thing. And in fact, uh, today Sarah Sanders at a briefing called it a boring 14,000 uh, word story that rehashed things that have been uh, written about in the past, but she liked the part she said that emphasized that the father, Fred Trump, actually had had confidence in his son in order to you know to, to work together on all their businesses and to transfer so much money. So that that seemed to be aligned directly with the president. It's not the kind of thing a spokesperson would think to to say. Uh, uh, Final question here, Peter. Do you sense politically uh, what part of the story is potentially the more damaging, uh, wrecking the narrative that uh, Donald Trump uh, largely created his wealth uh, from very little, or just the, the tax dodges and uh, uh, phony corporations or whatever was necessary to uh, do this over the years and decades? Well, I think those are both important points. I mean, look, you know, he still has not released his tax returns. Every president going back, I think, four decades released their tax returns. He's not. This, you know, this report today, which took 18 months, involved 100,000 pages of documents, uh, methodically and meticulously uh, researched, raises questions about why we haven't seen them, what, what could be in those tax returns, given what these uh, uh, my colleagues have, have reported today. So I think it's, it's, it's very important. It's the kind of thing uh, uh, you might see some follow-up investigation. You, you already hear the New York State authorities saying that they will look into this. They, of course, have an interest because state taxes may or may not have been paid in full, uh, according to this report. And, and uh, while the criminal statute of limitations may have expired on most of this stuff, there are certainly uh, the remedies uh, through civil court that uh, if any authority decides that something, uh, some law has been violated. All right, Peter, thank you so much as always. 
Oh, good talking to you. It's always good talking to you. Good talking to you. Peter Baker, Chief White House Correspondent of the New York Times, live here on WDEL from Washington.